the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Do you still get as inspired by the words, great communicator, as I do? I've been playing Ronald Reagan, and that clip from his uh, inauguration, his inaugural speech, uh, January twentieth, 1981, at the top of each hour of this broadcast for almost the entirety of this program, which goes back now six years. Um, and I still get inspired by it. It's, sometimes I'll just it plays while I'm prepping my show, and I the next hour, and I, I don't listen to the words as closely. Others, I'm sitting here listening to it, and I get chills, the same as I did the first time I heard it. I hope that really is impactful and meaningful to you, because I think it's very, very important that we listen to people, not just the words that he says, but the passion and the... Uh, the pride with which he says them. It just, uh, it really means something to me. Hour number two underway at eight minutes past 10 o'clock on this Thursday, the fifth morning of the eighth month in the year of our Lord 2021. Joining us now for his regular weekly commentary is our good friend, Dr. Everett Piper. Dr. Piper is a past university president. He is a two time best selling author. He is a columnist, uh, for the Washington Examiner and he is a radio host of the rebellion in his native Oklahoma. Dr. Piper, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Bob. Thanks for having me on. So you uh, angered a few folks, apparently, last week with your column in the Washington Times, and maybe, I don't know about our conversation, uh, in which we talked about uh, MTD. We talked about moralistic therapeutic deism, which is otherwise known as fake Christianity. I think you called it the Bobby Bobby McFerrin version of uh, of Christianity, the uh, don't worry, be happy. Uh, and you talked about how this country was founded on religious Christian principles. And you got some reaction from some of the folks uh, who read your column online, and you wrote a new column about that. 
I just sat here yesterday and read the list <laughs> of all of the different quotes, which is abbreviated, of course. Otherwise, I'm sure your editors have you on a word limit here. Otherwise, you could have probably made that five, six, seven, eight times longer than it was, quoting founding father after founding father, prominent uh, American uh, historians, uh, and, and all of the uh, you know obvious uh, points of, of Christianity being the driving force behind the development of this nation. Can you tell us more? Yeah, it's it was really fascinating. In fact, I don't know if anybody cares to go back a week and re- recall what you and I talked about, and we often talk about my articles in the Washington Times on your show, and we did likewise last week, where I called out the fake Christianity in our nation, and that wasn't my nomenclature, that wasn't my term. It was actually coined by George Barna of the Barna Research Group, where he concluded that our nation has abandoned orthodoxy, right thinking, and we now embrace this amalgamation of religious belief, which, like I said, is a combination of Bobby McFerrin, don't worry, be happy, and Black Lives Matter. Let's just queer everything, and that'll ail, that'll cure all that ails us. So anyway... Generally, when I write for the Washington Times, I'll get 20, 30, maybe 50 or 80 comments. And if you're, if you're exceeding 50 comments in your columns, not likes, but comments on the Washington Times website, you know, that's a hot article. Well, this particular piece that we're talking about right now had 450 comments. Uh, and a lot of them were angry atheists and secularists who said stuff like this. First and foremost, you need to get your facts straight. America has no Christian basis whatsoever. And another guy said, pure drivel. Let's start with the fact that the majority of our founding fathers were deists. Well, as you know, I wrote my column the following week on that claim. I said, well, let's take these guys, these, these claims uh, seriously. Let's go and look at the actual data. Maybe let's consider John McHenry signer of the Constitution, who said the Holy Scriptures can alone secure society, order, and peace. In vain, without the Bible, we increase penal laws and drop protections around our institutions. Close quote. Let's look at Noah Webster, who said, our citizens should early understand that the genuine source of correct Republican principles is the Bible. Let's talk about Benjamin Rush, a signer of the Declaration, who said, We err only because we do not know the Scriptures and obey their instructions. Immense truths are concealed in them. The time, I have no doubt, will come when posterity will view and pity our ignorance of these truths. How about Fisher Ames, who is responsible for the final wording of the First Amendment, who said, We have a dangerous trend beginning to take place in our education. We're spending less time in the classroom on what? the Bible, which should be the principal text in all our schools. And as you know, Bob, I go on and on and on and on. I cite Samuel Adams, Patrick Henry, Daniel Webster, James Wilson, Benjamin Franklin, and then I go on and I cite John Quincy Adams, Calvin Coolidge, Justice Earl Warren, and then I conclude by saying, you know, I could write endless columns on this. I could write volumes on this. In fact, others already have. Maybe these smart folks who are scolding us about facts and evidence ought to go back and do a little bit of reading before they embarrass themselves further. A little education never hurt anyone. The fact that our founding fathers were almost overwhelmingly orthodox in their belief and specifically said 
that the Bible is the pretext and the foundation for our free society is irrefutable. Irrefutable. You can say you disagree with those founding fathers if you want to. That's fine. Have a debate with what they said. But don't deny they said it. That's just pure ignorance. That's fantasy. That isn't fact. Dr. Piper, um, how do you respond to somebody who says who cares? In other words, why does it matter? Why does it matter to them, your critics who wrote, oh, the America was not, found, was not founded by uh, uh, you know, uh, Christians and, and people with religious principles in mind, that was founded by atheists and deists. Some people would say, why does it matter? It's what we make of it now. How do you answer that? Well, how's it going for you? <laughs> how's it working for you? I'd ask the Dr. Phil question. How's that one working for you? Why do you see the chaos in our streets? How's that working for you? Why do you see the neo-Marxist ideology of Black Lives Matter and critical theory prevailing in our culture and in our country? Why do you see the divisive spirit, the, divide, the division of, the, of the, our states, of our country? Rather than having a united states, we have a divided state. So I would ask those critics, how's it working for you? Do you have more freedom? Do you have less freedom? Is there more anger or is there less anger? Is there more division or is there less division? As we've moved away from the unifying principles of the Bible, from the context, from the cornerstone, from the foundation of our free, uh, our free republic, how is it working for you? Do you see our future as being positive or do you see it as being negative? And if you see it as positive, then why is there such overwhelming evidence right now in even the secular data, the polling from the secular agencies that says Americans are pessimistic about our future rather than optimistic. How's it working for you? When you look at critical race theory and you look at the alphabet soup of LGBTQIA, BLM, SJW, lunacy, and identity politics, where men are now pretending to be women and stealing women's sports and scholarships. How's that working for you? So I would ask that basic Dr. Phil question to any critic that's listening right, listening right now. Yeah, and that would be a difficult question for the, for them to answer. Um, but once again, you know, it just depends on what their goals are. They might say it's working just fine for me because I support all of those things. I support that alphabet soup that you just did. And the only way we can actually promote BLM and LGBTQ and SJW and so on and so forth is to get rid of JC, which is Jesus Christ. They may. And that's where you and I and everyone listening to the show right now has a, a role to play. We have the responsibility to engage in the market square of ideas and show through historical evidence, through reason, through logic, through experience, and through revelation, those self-evident truths endowed to us by our Creator, that if you really want a free society, the American Revolution is better than the French Revolution. The American Revolution ended up in the abolition of slavery and a free people, a free society, a free republic, freedom of religion, freedom of expression, freedom of association, and the French Revolution ended at the guillotine. Uh, very well argued. I want to add three new letters to our little abbreviation alphabet soup there, and I want to ask you now, Dr. Piper, about the CDC. This was also in the Washington Times, in addition to your column. Uh, Cal Thomas is syndicated, so he's in a lot of places. But uh, I know you were very interested in the CDC's credibility with the latest COVID-19 pandemic. I want to add to that, or panic rather than pandemic, 
I want to add to that uh, the CDC uh, initiative yesterday, not initiative, the CDC's order uh, with approval and perhaps at the direction of the president, Joe Biden, um, to continue and extend the eviction moratorium that prevents private property owners, landlords, property managers, and so forth, um, from collecting the debts that they're owed. Renters living rent-free because they don't have to pay because the government says so. Many renters never impacted by COVID, never lost their jobs, uh, and many who have lost their jobs receiving hundreds and hundreds of dollars uh, in stimulus payments over and over again, now ongoing child uh, credit checks as well, and they're just choosing to buy TVs and to choose choosing to buy other things than pay their landlords because they don't have to. The government says so, that they can't kick them out. Has the CDC, in your opinion, Dr. Piper, uh, outgrown its, uh, uh, its, its original creation or intent? Well, as you know, even the New York Times is asking that question right now. And when the New York Times asks the same question with the same spirit and the same critical mind that you just did, uh, we can Texas just froze over. I mean, <laughs> when we start agreeing with the New York Times on this basic point, fool me once, shame on me. Excuse me. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. That old axiom, which yeah. basically says, if you fool me the first time, Okay, but if you fool me the second time, you know, uh, no, no, we're not going to go there now. And I really think that question has arisen in the American mind right now with regard to these agencies that we used to trust to just give us the facts. We've politicized medicine, and therefore we no longer believe the reports that are coming out of Fauci, the CDC, and others. We don't know what to believe any longer because they've lied to us. And that's just a fact. We know that Anthony Fauci lied about masks. He's admitted it. He said that he didn't tell us the truth the first time when he said, oh, don't worry about masks. Don't go get them. That's an overreaction. They don't work. He has said that the reason that he told us that was he was worried about the supply. In other words, he thought he was smarter than everyone else on how people would respond to the need that he says now exists to wear a mask. So he lied to us, and he put millions of lives at risk. And I believe that Rand Paul is absolutely right, that Anthony Fauci is lying about the research that he explicitly supported and funded. And he's lying about it because he's trying to cover up his complicity in this particular situation. So why would we believe these people any longer? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I'm not going to buy it any longer because you've lied to me. And that's the position we're in right now with regard to the CDC and so much of the federal government, as well as the mainstream media. We don't believe them any longer. If you want to know who's killing people, it's those that have been lying to us about this situation. And if this disease is deadly for some, why did you lie to us about masks? And why did you lie to us about the research? And why does the mainstream media continue to politicize medicine so that we don't even believe them any longer? We don't know who's telling us the truth. Dr. Piper, what a lot of people ask me when I say many of the same things that you just said, and I agree with them all, uh, a lot of people will say, well, what's their end game? 
What's their? What do they have to gain by lying? Why? Well, you know, they. This is a new variant. It's called a novel coronavirus because it changes, and when it changes, uh, our response to it has to change. Our recommendations on PPE have to change. Blah blah blah. Why would they lie about all of this? So, how do you answer that? What's their end game? What's in it for Fauci to lie about what was being done in that lab? What's in it for him and them to lie, going back and forth, changing their positions on masks, vaxes, and so forth? Forward. And I'll refer to J.R.R. Tolkien, the Lord of the Rings. The four words are the ring of power. Power. It's all about power. The human spirit craves power. Why did Tolkien write the Lord of the Rings? Because he wanted to point out to us that the one great temptation in all of human is power. And if you can get it, you will hang on to it at all costs. They have tasted of power, and they will not let it go. They love the way it tasted. They love the ring of power, and they know that it gives them great position in culture and in society. It makes them feel important. They won't give up their power, whether it's the mainstream media or whether it's government officials. Power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And we are seeing that in space. In space, from MSNBC, CNBC, ABC, CBS, and the CDC, they want their power. Well, if uh, one body empowers itself and grows its power by extension, it simply has to take power away from those over whom they rule. Uh, And that's what I want to talk about next, Dr. Piper. Some schools have taken to badges and we'll talk about what that means and how the subjects are indeed subjected uh, to the whims of the elite and the powerful we'll talk about that with dr piper right after this on am 1420 the answer Okay, it's 1026. I've only got about three and a half minutes left with Dr. Piper to talk about this story. You know, many of us have already seen this. Maybe you saw this in the National Football League. Some teams were um, were considering having their players wear different colored wristbands on the practice field to identify vaccinated players versus non-vaccinated players. Well, Dr. Piper at a school in Illinois, Galesburg, Illinois, uh, Superintendent John Asplund just sent an email out to the entire staff saying, we are going to be identified by our medical conditions by way of staff ID badges. Uh, non-vaccinated persons will have white, uh, white ID badges. Vaccinated persons will have the yellow ID badges. And if you wish to have a yellow one to identify you as one of the smart people who got vaccinated, well, uh, then you better go get your vaccinated, uh, vaccination and prove it to us. This is what I meant a moment ago, Dr. Piper, when I said, for the power to achieve power and to expand power, they have to take more away uh, from, uh, you know, from their subjects. And that's what they're doing here by branding them with the scarlet letter of shame, otherwise known in this case as the white ID badge. Well, I'd like to focus on the color yellow. And I'll start out my response to your, to your point by quoting George Santayana, the philosopher who said that he who doesn't learn the lessons of history is doomed to repeat them. Mm -hmm. Do these people not know that there is significance to yellow badges? 
and branding people with such badges or patches, this is what the Nazis did to the Jews. They forced them to wear a yellow Star of David. Now, some listening right now are saying, oh, eh, you just jumped the shark there. You're all the way over into Nazi, Nazism and Hitler. People, we need to understand that history repeats itself. And if we don't learn the lessons of history, we will be doomed to repeat the same mistakes. And if you've got a superintendent of schools who doesn't understand the history and the significance of yellow patches and yellow badges, and if the NFL doesn't understand that forcing its players to wear yellow wristbands is offensive to the extreme and dangerous because of the ignorance therein, then we're in deep trouble. We need to understand the lessons of history, Bob, and the lessons of history on forcing people to identify themselves by badges of any kind, by brands of any kind, is not positive. Thank the Lord for DeSantis down in Florida who is saying we're going to live as a free people and not under the bondage of this type of historical ignorance. Well, you're exactly right. The only reason, by the way, I didn't go to the you know forcing of the Jews to wear the yellow stars of David is because they they reversed it. It's the vaccinated or the virtuous uh, who get the yellow. It's the unvaccinated who get the white. If they had gone that direction, I I don't know if they would have survived this. If they'd have said, if you don't wear the or excuse me, if you don't get the vaccine, you have to wear the yellow badge. I don't think anybody could possibly have missed the you know the historical Nazi references. Well, I agree that they reversed it. I personally think it's an insignificant point or defense on their part because they still use the yellow badge. And they're actually, like you said, saying that you're the virtuous one, but you're only virtuous and you only get this yellow badge if you comply with what we tell you to do. That's exactly right, which, again, is it's all about compliance. That goes back to your point about power and absolute power corrupting absolutely of for power to be granted to some. They have to have the compliance of uh, the subjects. And, uh, and by forcing them, if you want to keep your job to wear one of these badges, that is exactly what they must do. They must comply or lose their jobs, which, of course, is the same thing with the VAX requirements being given in New York City, which we didn't get a chance to uh, to do today. But we'll do that perhaps next week. Dr. Everett Piper, keep up the great work, my friend. Thank you for the time. Blessings. Take time. 10.30 time for news. We're going to come back and talk about the Constitution and how we can learn more about what's in the Constitution. It's important. It matters. It's why I am so proud to send my daughter to a college in which you must study the Constitution before you can graduate. At Hillsdale, you have to take a course in the Constitution and pass it or you don't graduate. I think that should be mandatory, quite frankly, in every school, every college and university. Except for the fact that, of course, in the left-wing ones, they will pervert the Constitution and talk about how evil it is. (laughs) We'll talk more after the news. AM 1420, The Answer. social justice warriors if you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended this isn't it this is the bob france authority on am 1420 the answer so 1036 by the way we continue now on am 1420 the answer thanks so much for being with us so we know now that joe biden doesn't understand the constitution or bare minimum 
he doesn't care about the Constitution. And we know this because he essentially said that when it comes to this uh, CDC eviction moratorium and the extension thereof, uh, that he talked to a whole host of constitutional scholars, and he said the bulk of them said, no, this would not pass constitutional muster. But he said we're going to go ahead and do it anyway, <laughs> because the hell with it. The Supreme Court said, by the way, also the only way an extension of the eviction moratorium would be constitutional is if it was passed into law uh, by, by Congress. Once again, the chief executive of the country said, out of the hell with him. So he cast aside the legislature, cast aside the judicial, and said, I'm doing what I do. Let me hold out my scepter and say, landlords, you no longer own your property. We do. We'll tell you who can live there for how long and when. Joe Biden needs to brush up on his Constitution. That's my ham-handed way of segueing into, I think a lot of people need to understand more about the Constitution. Here's your chance. Saturday, the 14th of this month at BW3 in Strongsville, there's a great opportunity for you hosted by the uh, Strongsville GOP. Building Blocks for Liberty will be holding a Constitution boot camp. That's coming up Saturday, August 14th, and it's a program put on by Building Blocks for Liberty. And joining us now is Jim Lewis with Building Blocks for Liberty to tell you all about what this Constitution boot camp uh, is for. Jim, thanks for joining us. How are you, sir? I'm great, Bob. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. It's something, you know, I, I, I said before I went to the last break, the news break, you know, how proud I am of my daughter being a student at Hillsdale College. She is a junior. Uh, she will be Great. a junior this fall, and um, she will be enrolling this fall, this semester uh, in her mandatory uh, Constitution course. You have to pass a course uh, on the Constitution to graduate from Hillsdale. And quite frankly, uh, I think that should be something that is mandatory for any university, public or private. I agree with you. I think actually it should be mandatory for getting out of your elementary education and through your high school. Yeah, kind of comes the, kind of comes back to, to civics, right? We used to have civics education, right. which we don't anymore. Right, and back in the eighteen hundreds into the early nineteen hundreds, they had a constitutional uh, catechism that they did every day with the kids. They'd ask them questions about the Constitution. I've got one of those books. It's really interesting. Is that why you, is Jim, is that why you and Building Blocks for Liberty have established this program of hosting Constitution boot camps? Because, you know, it's, we've gotten away from it in terms of our education, from our youngest kids to our college kids. Exactly. Uh, and they didn't understand the Constitution. They didn't know what it said. They didn't know what it was. And I went, I'd come home from those and complain to my wife, and she said, well, why don't you teach it? So I started teaching the Constitution six months later, and we've never looked back. It's been over 10 years. We're still doing it. That's phenomenal. And uh, you know what? That's smart move on your part, by the way. Always look to the wife for advice. They usually have the right answer. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> That'll kick you in the butt and get you moving. <laughs> no question about it. Uh, so tell me more about Building Blocks for Liberty. Liberty. I, I mentioned it's a nonprofit uh, dedicated right. to preserving the U.S. Constitution, but uh, tell me more about the organization. Well, it's just that we're an all-volunteer organization. There's actually five of us on the board. Uh, one of the people that's on the board wrote one of our books, a textbook that we use, and he is in Texas. He does these boot camps down in Texas in a video fashion where we do the live in-person boot camps up here in the Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, Michigan area. Um, so we, we uh, started this 
eight, eight years ago doing these boot camps where they're one-day classes. We try to get everything crammed into one day because people said, I'll give you one day, but I can't give you more than that. So we started doing it one day. We had a 10-week uh, course that we crammed into one day, and it's evolved, of course, over the years. And now I think we've got a really good product. It, people le- seem to really like it. They learn a lot, and it makes them hungry to learn more, which is what we want. And then they go home with our handbook, and they go through that in our workbook and teach them even more. And sometimes they'll go on to the Hillsdale courses online, or they'll go to the Institute on the Constitution courses that are 8 to 12 weeks and you know, because they, they've got a taste for it. So that's what we're, we want to do is get people acclimated to the Constitution, to reading it, to saying, gee, I understand this. I can do this. I can talk about this. It's you know, crazy. Jim, you know, Jim, I, uh, I, I can already hear and see some of the reactions from some people, maybe who didn't necessarily like school in the first place. And then mm-hmm. hearing you say, I'm cramming 10 weeks into one day, and they're thinking, oh, my God, my head would be spinning. I can't possibly process all of that. So give, give me a little bit more. How do, you, how do you manage to put so much content into one short period of time without just confusing the hell out of people? Because we focus on five key areas, uh, we tell them at the beginning of class, look, we're going to be feeding you from a fire hose, and you're not going to be able to drink all this water today. What we want you to do is pick out one little stream and drink that, and here's the five things. If you leave here understanding these five things, you'll be doing good, and you'll know you'll have had a successful day here at the class. So they've got to understand what natural law is, They've got to understand what enumerated powers are. They've got to understand the relationship of the Declaration to the Constitution and the Federalist Papers, how to use them. And they've got to understand that we are a republic, not a democracy. And also the last thing we want to teach them about is the way things can get fixed quickly, and that's nullification. We are talking with uh, Jim Lewis. Jim is a representative of Building Blocks for Liberty. He and his team will be in Strongsville on Saturday, the 14th of August at BW3's, uh, hosting a Constitution boot camp. It's put on by the Strongsville GOP. Uh, and we'll talk about how people can register for that in a moment. But um, you mentioned the difference between a republic and a democracy. I hear a lot of educated people still make that mistake and still call the United States a democracy. Can you define for them the difference? Well, democracy is rule of the majority. Republic is rule of law. Republic, the rule of law, protects the minority from the majority. That's the difference. You have a, let's say you've got a posse chasing a gunman. 35 people in the posse, one gunman. The posse catches the gunman. They vote 35 to 1 to hang him. He's hung. That's democracy. Same scenario, and they vote 35 to 1 to hang him after they catch him, and a sheriff rides up and says, you can't hang him. He's got his right to a fair trial. And then he has to go to a for a trial before a jury of his peers, and even that jury has to vote unanimously that he's guilty before he's guilty. So that's the difference between a democracy and a republic. So, and that's that's a very great and and elementary explanation. Everybody should be able to understand that very clearly. But again, a lot of people don't. Um, what use 
would the average person who's not going into politics and maybe they don't go on to talk shows and debate people all the time about constitutional matters, what, Jim Lewis, is the best use for somebody who's just an average person to have this knowledge, to uh, to take a course like this? How is it going to benefit them? Well, how it benefits them mainly is when a politician starts talking about writing a law, they're going to know whether or not that law is constitutional. They're going to know where to go look to see if that law is constitutional. If you don't know the rules, how do you know when they're breaking them? So we want to teach you to know the rules so you can watch your elected officials, not only at the federal level, but the state has, we're a republic here in the state as well. And we've got a constitution that we need to watch and hold our governor and our state reps and our state senators accountable to. Well, that's a great point, too. If you don't know what's constitutional, you don't know if your elected representative is indeed abiding by the Constitution when he casts votes for various pieces of legislation. You don't know if they're doing uh, what you sent them to Washington or at the state level to Columbus to do. So if you if you understand the Constitution and you understand exactly what the limitations are and what the requirements are, then you can hold your elected representatives accountable the next time they are up for re-election. That's another great use for it. That's correct. And plus, when they have these town halls, it's nice that you can walk in there armed with this knowledge and confront them directly with it, you know, in a respectful way. But you're confronting them saying, look, this is what the Constitution says. This is what you voted for. How can you reconcile that? That's a great point. Is there any homework that anybody could do before they come out to see you guys? On uh, Are you going to in, uh, uh, instruct this yourself, Jim? Will you be the actual Yes, person? I'm one of the instructors. I actually teach two or three sections, and we have another instructor, John Hendry, that teaches a couple sections, and then Rick uh, Heron, who's another instructor, he teaches about Central Committee. So it, okay. it, it really, it's a, it's a pretty well-rounded course. It's a six-hour-long course, and there's five hours of instruction and hour breaks, and we provide lunch as well. That's that's terrific. So it's a team effort. That's very good too. You get a mm-hmm. lot of different people speaking, a lot of different voices uh, who are teaching. What what do people have to know going in? Is there any homework they can do to make sure that they're ready? Should they show up like it's a day at school? Should they bring notebooks and pens and and that kind of thing? We're going to provide them with a binder that has the presentation in it with an area that they can take notes next to each slide. So they don't need to bring anything to write on. They can bring a pen to write with and bring their good attitude and their brain with them. That's all they got to do, and we're going to provide everything else for them to use. Uh, it's a very modest cost for this course, I think, uh, and I don't want to say it incorrectly if I missed it, but isn't uh, it's... Uh well, can you tell us what it costs? Because like I said, I don't sure, want to state the, the wrong The cost thing. is for, and we do it by, like, family members. The first family member pays $25 because okay, that's we what want I was gonna each say. family to have a book set. And the book set consists of the handbook for We the People, which is our textbook, the Federalist Papers, Bastiat's The Law, two pamphlets, the Patriot Primer and the Citizen's Rule Book, and, of course, a pocket constitution and a binder. Then... Additional family members can sign up for five bucks each, and then they get a binder and a pocket constitution, and everybody gets lunch. That's fantastic, and I see on your website, I'm looking at buildingblocksforliberty.org right now, uh, students mm-hmm. attend for free, right? Students can yes, come for free, correct. you charge them a nickel. Middle school through college, you, get, you come for free, and each student gets a book set. 
Wow, that's so, fantastic. Because that's got, that's what it's all about. Because we, you know, right. not to dis, not to dismiss those of us who are not part of the millennial or the Gen Z generations, but those younger people are the ones that really are are most in need of this education. Yeah, they didn't even get a glimpse of it. We got at least a glimpse of it going through school. They didn't even get that. So now, right. what we're teaching them is all brand new, and it's just like bam, it just opens their eyes, and the, most of the kids really love it. They really, they really get into it. I believe it, which is why, again, you know, it's weird. I'm going to ask your opinion on this, and I don't know how political you are or not. You seem constitutional, not necessarily partisan, but I am a, uh, I'm terrified, quite frankly, of the education that our kids are getting, particularly at the higher education levels in colleges and universities. They are far left. In my estimation, they are pro-communist and pro-Marxist in many cases in a lot of the state schools and a lot of the private schools as well. I don't know if I want my kids to learn the Constitution from those kinds of professors because they're going to bastardize the Constitution. They're going to teach them, you know, you know, all the all of the things that are wrong, quite frankly, with the way this country was founded and that founding document. So it, it's not just enough to learn the Constitution. You got to learn it the right way. I, I think, right? Yeah, exactly. You have to learn it the right way because when the what you're taught now, if you're taught at all about the Constitution in school, it's that it was a bunch of lazy old white men who didn't want to pay taxes. That's what the Constitution was written for. That's why we had a revolution. You know, they try to change history to meet, you know, what their paradigm is of the world today, their view of what we are today. So it's it's you gotta you gotta counter that, and that's what we're out there trying to do is. We just tell the truth in the founder's own words. It's not our opinion. This is we what everything we tell people in this class we back up with the founders. This is what they said. It's not what I say. That's so and you're right, we're very apolitical. About. We're not political at all. We don't favor one side or the other. In fact we probably bash Republicans more than Democrats in the class, if we do any bashing at all. So it's all about the Constitution. It's all about. I I appreciate that. It's all about the Constitution. And again, the twenty-five bucks. Nobody's making money off of this. That's to, (laughs) I'm sure, to provide for the 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 materials that you're talking about. uh, You know, the book set and everything else. Twenty-five dollars is a very modest cost. And again, students attend for free. To register, they email you, right, Jim? That's exactly right. Email me, Jim Lewis, Jim at buildingblocksforliberty.org. That's uh, that's all it takes right there. Send an email to Jim at buildingblocksforliberty.org. It's Saturday, August 14th. Uh, what were those times again? Was it 9, 9 to 3 today? From 9, to, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. 9 to 3 at Strong's, uh, BW3's in uh, Strong, or Buffalo Wild Wings, rather, in Strongsville. Uh, register at Jim at buildingblocksforliberty.org for this Constitution Boot Camp. Jim Lewis, thanks so much for coming on to tell us about it. And most importantly, thank you for hosting this and sharing uh, the education that people need about the Constitution to Ohioans all over the place. Thanks so much. Well, Bob, thank you. My pleasure. 1051, our final segment is coming up. If you want to get in, get in now. 216-901-0945. Right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Dennis is right, you know. Everything Dennis just said echoes what I have been saying. And in fact, I echoed what he has been saying when I hosted a show yesterday. He's right. It's about power. I asked Dr. Everett Piper that today. He said it's about power. Why are they giving us so much misinformation going back and forth? 
because it's the only way to keep you confused and fearful so that they can remain in power. That's the bottom line. That's what it's all about for them. The left, quite simply, is addicted to power, and they think the best way to keep that power and to expand it, to grow it, is to keep you scared of your own shadow. That's why they can tell you today to wear a mask, and tomorrow tell you they don't work, and the next day say, you know, wear the mask, they work now. It's a different strain, it's better. Or no, it doesn't work anymore because it's a new different strain, and it's even worse. And they get you hopping from one foot to the other, laughing their heads off at you as you try to keep up with their edicts and their demands. And it's all about their own control and their own power. Charlie, the politically incorrect mechanic, is also a politically incorrect landlord. Hey, Charlie, what's on your mind? Hey, good morning, Bob. Yeah, apparently I have too much time on my hands. I I have rental properties also. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I guess since the President of the United States and the CDC and the entire executive branch don't have to follow... Uh, court orders, I don't suppose that I have to follow court orders or, or rulings anymore. And therefore, I guess that every city and state shouldn't have to follow court rulings and orders anymore. And I guess we should be able to walk inside of all the abortion clinics and shut them down since court rulings don't matter anymore. What makes you think, Correct? what makes you think, little plebe, that you have the same powers as the, uh, as your betters? You don't have the same power. They only they can choose which laws that they are going to follow and which orders they're going to follow. Of course, you, you've how, got to do how it. foolish of me! <laughs> I but mean, in, I, in all I, seriousness, I mean, honestly, that's it. We are talking about classism. We are talking about classism. You're in the wrong class, my friend. You don't get to make up. You don't right. get to make up uh, your mind and decide for yourself which rules and which laws that you follow. Only the people in the upper class do. That's right, and I'm in the same boat as you know a lot of other landlords right now. I got a I got a tenant that would not communicate with me at all for the, the entire month of July. And then all of a sudden, when I text him after August 1st and said, hey, I need to know what's going on for the rent. Otherwise, i got to go file an eviction. Then all of a sudden, he returned my phone calls. Now, ever since the CDC came out with this stupid bullcrap order, guess yep. what happened again? No now more return phone calls. No more phone calls, and, and you're, uh, you're and, sure not getting that back right. rent. So exactly, but uh, listen, I know you got to go here. I want to, um, if it's okay, remind everybody of what's coming up tonight uh, in Highland Heights. Uh, sure, go ahead. The Eastside GOP, Eastside GOP is having the uh, Senate candidate night um, at 7 p.m. Yes, I have the date correct this time. <laughs> they uh, Gibbons, Mandel, Moreno, Kukita, and Timken are all confirmed. Uh, Highland Heights Community Center. 5827 Highland Road, Highland Heights, Ohio, 7 p.m. tonight. Uh, they're all going to be up there to speak. Are they debating, or are they just taking turns talking? No, they're as far as I know, they're just taking turns talking, and I would assume okay. they're going to take some questions uh, afterwards. Uh, Eastside Geo- East uh, GOP meeting. Real quick, because I'm out of time. Uh, what's the location? Highland Heights Community Center, Highland 5827 Heights. Highland Road in Highland Heights, Ohio. Charlie, thank you, my friend. Have a great event tonight. We'll talk to you next time. We'll see everybody. Bye-bye.